0: 20 minutes a day, 365 days a year, this is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of a -A Pack-A-Day Podcast, wherever you may be and however you may be listening. Thank you so much for making us part of your day. We greatly appreciate it. My name is Nick Schmitz, and I am your host for today, and I am back from my wedding slash honeymoon slash, well, nothing really else other than that. Married, married man now, so thank you so much for joining us today, everyone, and today we got a lot to go over with Packers uh, roster moves and uh, a couple of different uh, injury uh, bits of news uh, for today, so joining me today... Back again, Jacob Westendorf, Maggie, unable to join us tonight as we had a little bit of a switcheroo in the schedule here. Normally, uh, Tuesdays is not our day on the show here, but uh, we, we make it work. We roll with it here. Jacob, how are you doing today?
1: Oh, doing well. It's uh, What do we got here? Well, it's the start of college football this week, so how much can I really complain? The last week of meaningless preseason football, and next week we have Labor Day weekend. Uh, my birthday is on Tuesday. And then much, much more importantly, uh, the Packers and Bears are going to kick off the season on Thursday in uh, less than 10 days. That's crazy for me to think, but we made it.
0: Yeah, we 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 survived. Uh, everything that you said in that last sentence is very exciting. Um, mostly uh, just the fact that meaningless football is over. I don't know about you, Jacob, but on Saturday I watched all of the Miami-Florida game. Um, I'm, even if you're not a fan, it was just nice to be able to watch. Uh, even if it was ugly, at some point you watched a game that, like everybody knew, mattered and counted. And it was—I don't know if you were able to see any of the game, Jacob—but I loved all three and a half hours of that game. It was so much fun to actually watch football again. So, um, but people aren't here for our college football; they're here for the Packers, and so. Uh, Let's jump in first here with some news that you probably all heard about yesterday. Uh, That is the Packers released safety Josh Jones, and he also cleared waivers. So I know a lot of people on Twitter were talking about him clearing waivers as kind of the explanation as to why Gutekunst couldn't find a trade partner. Uh, Jacob, are you surprised that a player like Josh Jones cleared waivers completely and is now a free agent?
1: Not really. Uh, you would think that a former second round pick could fetch something in a trade and Brian Gutekunst isn't negligent to the franchise. I mean, he turned Ty Montgomery at least into a seventh round pick. Uh, he was able to turn Hawk, Clinton Dixon to a fourth round pick. God bless you, Washington Redskins for doing that. But there are other examples of him. Being able to take what is essentially nothing and turning it into something. And with Josh Jones, once he was released, my thought immediately was okay, well, he couldn't find a trade partner for him that he felt uh, at least worthwhile. And Jones going unclaimed on waivers at least speaks to that to some degree because if he were to, if some team really, really wanted him, all they had to do was place a claim. It's not that difficult uh, to do that, obviously. The Packers have had players that have come in on waivers. It's disappointing, a disappointing end. To the Josh Jones era, if you will, uh, because simply put, and I tell this story all the time, but his first game, uh, his first real game, I should say, like he played a little bit against Atlanta in his rookie season, but his first game as a starter was against the Cincinnati Bengals, and everybody remembers that game for the Aaron Rodgers comeback and the throw to Nelson in the corner of the end zone, and then the deep ball to Geronimo that essentially set up the game-winning field goal. And all of that was awesome, but what really stood out in that game, to me at least, was that Josh Jones was the best player on the field that day, and that might have been one of the best performances by not just a rookie, but a Packers defensive player in the last 10 years. I mean, he was a dynamo all over the field, shot out of a cannon on blitzes, had two sacks, including one that made a field goal more difficult, that Cincinnati eventually missed, so that helped aid in the comeback attempt. And after that game happened, all I thought was this guy is going to be an absolute monster, and it never really panned out. He's he's one of those players that he has the athleticism to be anything you could think of. His potential is almost limitless from that regard, but there were no ball skills. There were no playmaking ability. He really was just kind of a liability no matter where he was. He wasn't that good at safety. He was better closer, the closer he got to the line of scrimmage, but he didn't want to play linebacker. That's something he said. And really with the change at defensive coordinator, it really feels like that he got into um, Mike Petton's doghouse and was never really able to work his way out. So not surprising with all of that information put together that he wasn't claimed, but I mean, I would be willing to bet you some team is going to take a flyer on him. He's, Way too athletic just from that size speed combination standpoint for somebody not to say, hey, maybe we can fix him.
0: Yeah, and you know, I I guess I thought it was very surprising. As you pointed out, all you have to do is put in a claim on waivers and you could potentially get him. I figured a former second round pick, and like you mentioned, with you know, obviously there's a lot to build on with him, a lot of work that needs to be done, but he, he has high athleticism. Uh, I I guess I was kind of surprised to see him go unclaimed. But uh, nonetheless, the Josh Jones era in Green Bay is over. It seems that he is kind of getting his wish uh, in moving on from the Packers. Hopefully he can get utilized the way he wants to be utilized somewhere else. Hopefully it's not within the division. But um, nonetheless, the Josh Jones era, like I said, over in Green Bay after just uh, two short seasons here. So uh, that's... News number one, news number two, and this is probably a little bit more exciting because it's not necessarily as big of a negative, uh, but uh, Ian Rappaport tweeting yesterday that um, after second opinions and extensive uh, looking at Oren Burks, he is not going to need surgery to repair his pectoral muscle, and it's not season-ending, and there's actually some optimism, Jacob, that... Uh, his injury won't last that long into the regular season. So, you're talking about, you know, a starting caliber player on the defense who goes down in the first preseason game with an injury. Everybody thinks he's going to be done for the year. And now we're getting some good news that, it, that it's not season ending. He won't need surgery and he could be back pretty quickly here. And so, Jacob, just some quick thoughts. Obviously, good news for the packers that he's not out for the for the whole season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I had kind of already moved on in my mind from Oren Burks because well, I mean, the thought was that he had a torn pack and that he was going to be lost for the season and that was really I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of information coming out of Green Bay and 9 times out of 10 when something like this happens, it's just yeah, he's out for the year, we're waiting so you know, we can just have to place him on injured reserve, but I mean, it sounds like yeah, according to Rappaport's tweet He's not out for the season, and that's a big deal to this Packers defense because there's a story that came out today from Michael Silver about Clay Matthews and the end of his tenure in Green Bay, and he basically said that the Packers kind of went radio silent and eventually told him there's no money left for you, and people are – saying myself included that the Packers definitely could have used Matthews in an inside linebacker role. He can still run. He played well inside. He was willing to do that according to what he stated to Michael Silver in the story. And he's Clay Matthews. So, you know, there's a little bit of sentimental value there as well on, on his name brand, but the Packers, as they've shown a propensity to do in the past, if you look at like Jordy Nelson's a good example, they, the front office decided that Nelson couldn't play anymore and that they wanted to develop the younger guys behind behind him. The same sort of thing happened here with Clay Matthews in that they'd spent a lot of draft capital to acquire Oren Burks. They traded up in the third round to get a coverage linebacker like Burks and they want him to play. And this year's a big year for Oren Burks in that standpoint that this was a top 100 pick. Didn't show a whole lot last season as a player couldn't get on the field because they couldn't trust him to be on the field. And, I mean, the Packers, this is a position that has kind of plagued the team for, I don't know, almost 10 years it feels like. But it's been a long time since the Packers have had two inside linebackers that you feel like you could trust. It's really actually felt like more often than not, they've had two below-average players at that position uh, more often than not. Obviously, Blake Martinez is not a below-average player. But, I mean, we're talking to a point now that – If Blake Martinez goes down, the guys behind him are seventh-round pick Ty Summers, Curtis Bolton, who's now injured, James Crawford, who's a special teams-only player. I mean, there's not a whole lot there in the means of quality depth. So Burke's not being lost for the entire year. At least add somebody to that position group that has, even though it's not a lot of experience, a little bit of experience and some talent and pedigree to bring to this position group? Because right now, I mean, Nick, I know the season starts in a week and Burks isn't going to play. I have no idea who the hell is going to line up next to Blake Martinez when they take on the Bears. It sounds like it might be Raven Green the majority of the time. But, you know, are they really going to line up with Raven Green as a linebacker the majority of the time if the Bears come out with two tight ends and a fullback and basically say we're going to try and ram it down your throat like the Patriots did the Chargers last year? One of the big things that the Chargers were – Unwilling. Well, there were several reasons that they lost to the Patriots last year, but they went through and the Chargers were unwilling to come out of that seven defensive backs look, and the Patriots just said, okay, we're going to line up and ram the ball down your throat. So they did. And that's something that Matt Nagy is a smart coach. I'm sure he'll have that idea circled in his head somewhere, and they'll line up and they'll hand the ball to David Montgomery 20 times, and the Packers will have to adjust whether or not they'll do that without Taking Raven Green off the field remains to be seen. Maybe they'll rely on their defensive linemen to have to win there. But the perks news is big news because he was a player that looks like he's going to play a significant role in Patton's defense. So they need him to play.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's like you had mentioned, it's, it's, we still don't have a whole lot of information on his injury. And quite honestly, it's from the time he got hurt. Uh, it came out pretty quickly after that that they thought it was a torn pectoral muscle and they that they there was a big fear that he was going to be gone for the entire year. And now here we are a couple days before the last preseason game, and we're just kind of getting word now on what his actual injury is, but... There isn't really any timetable, it's just he's not out for the year, he doesn't need surgery, and it doesn't seem like the injury is going to be long term, but when you go from fearing that the guy is going to be out for the entire season to not long term you know, not long term from the juxtaposition of season ending injury could be eight weeks because that's not like that's still long term. But in the sense of the other option was out for the year, that's not long term. So it it really stay tuned, everyone, because uh, as of right now, it could be two weeks, four weeks, six weeks. We don't know. Um, but the bottom line, good news is he's not gone for the entire season. And hopefully he'll be back on the field playing, practicing with the Packers' defense uh, in a few short weeks. That's that's what we can hope for. But um, nonetheless, Jacob, I, I do want to quickly, on the topic of linebacker and, and Burks and just how this linebacking core is looking right now, do you expect the Packers before next week's game against the Bears, do you expect them to address the inside linebacking position via trade free agency obviously free agency kind of depends on who doesn't make rosters um when they cut down here soon but do you expect them to address that position before the start of the season
1: boy i hope so um just because i know that it's a devalued position and i'm not advocating that they have to you know send a first round pick or two first for luke keekley or something like that although that would be awesome um i do think that there's a need for a veteran body at that position and somebody who's been through, I mean, Ty Summers, seventh round rookie, hasn't played great in preseason. I know he's had some nice moments, but he's also had some really ugly ones. So with that in mind, it's really hard to think that you can trust this guy who's going to be your primary backup. And honestly, right now he might be a starter. I mean, that's, that's the reality of the situation we're dealing with right now is Ty Summers might be your starter. So I don't think that Green Bay has enough players at the position. And it, you know, it's one of those things that we kind of harped on and with Ted Thompson, and it's something the Packers have done a better job with under Brian Gutekunst is just having your backups can be veterans. Like that's okay too. For, you know, for example, there was a time in at the wide receiver position. Now granted this was a little different, but, the wide receiver position where your backups were Jordy Nelson and James Jones and your starters were Donald driver and Greg Jennings. Now that'll never happen again, but it's okay for your backups to have some experience behind them. And I really think that that's something that the Packers could use, not Antonio Morrison or somebody like that, but somebody who can play a little bit. You know, I know the name that's getting thrown out a lot is Mason Foster because he's a name that a lot of people know, but he does have some ability and he's been around the block a little bit. Obviously when Oren Burks gets back, you can kind of, relegate Foster to a part-time role. But again, like I mentioned, if Blake Martinez goes down, it's, I mean, other than Aaron Rodgers getting hurt and the team having to go to Tim Boyle or Deshaun Kaiser, whichever one they choose, that might be the biggest drop-off from one player to the next, depending on how you feel about Alex Light potentially having to play left tackle if David Bakhtiari knock on wood were to get hurt. So I hope it's a position they address. I, I think they have to.
0: Well, it certainly is not a strong point of this Packers roster, and I mean, Jacob, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I mean, when I think about that kind of inside linebacker position, it feels like they haven't had it right since Nick Barnett was playing that position, and that seems like a very long time ago, and that's partially because it is a very long time ago, but um, nonetheless, inside linebacker position, not a strong suit, so again, with that same position, stay tuned. I, you know, I would agree with you, Jacob. I think they should address it before the season starts, but you never know. Um, Maybe, maybe if they don't, maybe that just means good news on Oren Burke's injury that they don't feel it's going to be that long-term that they don't need to address it beyond that. But um, nonetheless, it's also
1: Nick, it's also possible that they just don't care. I mean, something that they did, Last year in the first half against Chicago that comes to mind, it's similar to what I brought up earlier with the Chargers in the playoffs last year. The strength of this team, if everyone is healthy, is their defensive backs on their defense. So they could use guys like Raven Green and Josh Jackson and Tony Brown and get all those guys on the field at the same time. Last year, if you guys remember, one of the big adjustments that Mike Pettin made at halftime was, and I've often said that as that game progressed, I know a lot of goes into Aaron Rodgers running out of the tunnel. That game was one of the fact that Mike Patton made adjustments at halftime that Dom Capers never would have in his latter stages as a defensive coordinator. But he had Josh Jackson essentially shadow Trey Burton, and Jair Alexander's job was to stay with Tariq Cohen, and he pretty much isolated Kevin King on Allen Robinson. And the Bears offense really couldn't do a whole lot from there on out so that's something that the Packers could do it's just my thought on it is is if the Bears have the ability and I think they do to line up double tight and ram it down your throat with David Montgomery or play the way the Vikings want to play which is inside outside zone with Dalvin Cook you open yourself up to being able to be beaten badly on the ground now I know that some teams will happily give up rushing yards but you can't be gashed for 200 yards in the running game and expect to win at the same time. So that's something they could do. It's not my favorite option of things they could do, but it's something that they could do.
0: Well, it's something that we'll uh, definitely be keeping an eye on over the next seven to nine days here as we inch towards the start of the season. And so, Jacob, I want to wrap up here with uh, one last topic. Um, It's one that I guess I've kind of ignored through the preseason just because... It seems like it's set but apparently the Packers are not all that enthused with their running back room. Uh over the weekend reports were coming out that Gutekunst has been looking for a trade partner within the running back position and you know this was a position that I guess a lot of people thought that they kind of had at least somewhat straightened out. You've got Aaron Jones, who is clearly the most talented back on the team. Uh, then you have Jamal Williams, who is a good uh, spell back to him, a good bruiser back. They drafted Dexter Williams. They got Trey Carson. And they had signed Corey Grant. They let him go. Uh, what is going on with this Packers running back room that's not sitting straight with Guda and LaFleur?
1: Well, I think your answer is in that Dexter Williams is incredibly talented. And I think if you guys have watched the games, and I know if you're listening to the show, you probably have, Dexter Williams has the juice. Uh, if you've seen him run, there's plays where you're like, wow, uh, that guy is – I mean, there are, his good runs make you think like, man, could he supplant Jamal Williams as the team's second running back? And then you watch the rest of the game and see all the little things that go in. Dexter Williams is a non-factor, zero-factor, negative-factor in the passing game. Uh, There was a practice, the second-to-last padded practice, or excuse me, open practice to the public. Dexter Williams had an open play where he got open in the flat, and he dropped the ball, and Matt LeFleur undressed him in front of the entire team and kicked him out of the drill. And, I mean, it was a tongue-lashing of epic proportions. And that's that's a problem in this offense because it's not like Mike McCarthy's offense where the running back in the passing game isn't used. Uh, they use the running back to isolate matchups and make plays in the passing game, not just in the short intermediate areas, but down the field. I mean, the wheel route, the seam routes, all that stuff, those are things that Dexter Williams needs to be able to do, and he simply hasn't. Trey Carson, uh, there's some things he hasn't been helped on. Uh, the blocking in front of him hasn't been the greatest. He's steady. He's one of those dudes like you'll put him on the field. He probably won't fumble. He'll do all of his assignments, but he's not going to do anything great either. And that's a position I think the Packers see as upgradable. That was, I think, part of the reason that they looked into Corey Grant. Uh, Obviously that didn't work out for whatever reason. To my knowledge, Corey Grant is still unemployed. But over the weekend, Rob Domowski reported that the Packers were looking for another running back uh, on the trade market. And that's, Largely because Dexter Williams is not a player that looks like he's ready for prime time at this point. I think I think that Green Bay could have some intriguing options. I outlined them in an article that I recently wrote for Dairyland Express. Uh, there is a former Wisconsin Badger in that article, but not the one you're thinking of. So I'll go ahead and tease that and let you guys read it on your own. But I think there are players you're looking for somebody who can play multi multi-dimensional uh, to use a phrase that makes me sound an awful lot like mike mccarthy but you want somebody who's multi-dimensional able to play in the run game and pick up yards and you know run that zone scheme and everything like that but he's got to be a factor in the passing game as well and that's the biggest problem with dexter williams and matt LaFleur's laid it out dexter williams has run behind trey carson the entire camp because trey carson in lafleur's eyes has beaten him if you will in that regard now if they don't acquire somebody via trade or free agency, once the cuts are made, this could be a conversation where it's kind of a short-term versus long-term discussion between Gutekunst and LaFleur because it's very obvious Dexter Williams has more talent. Carson is probably the guy that can help you right now. But if you think back, you need more than two reliable running backs on the roster because, Nick, I'm sure you remember the year that Ty Montgomery transitioned to running back. He did that out of necessity, but it was also because the Packers only kept two running backs out of training camp. It was Eddie Lacy and James Starks, and both players were injured by week five the point where Montgomery played there just on a whim one week, and then they had guys like Niall Davis and Christian Michael, and there's one other guy whose name escapes me, but they had another guy that they brought in there for a couple carries as well before Montgomery really took hold of that position. Uh, and really, I mean – that's where that's where the Packers are looking. They need a reliable third guy. And if they're trading or looking on the trade market for a guy, you can tell how they feel about the reliability and the talent level of those three guys of those guys behind Jamal and Aaron Jones. And something else, I hate when people bring up injuries because I just think it's a touchy subject and none of these players are trying to get hurt and blah blah blah. We've had this discussion with Kevin King, but there is some injury history with Aaron Jones has been hurt each of his first two years. Jamal Williams had a hamstring injury in camp. I mean, running back is a position. Those guys take a beating. And the fragility of that position makes it so, yeah, you got to have three, four guys that are ready at a moment's notice because one carry and bang, all of a sudden – I mean, Aaron Jones, for example, was the third-string running back his rookie season, and by week four he was starting because – Ty Montgomery broke his ribs, and then I believe Jamal Williams had a concussion, and that's how Jones became the starter against the Cowboys and really had a big game that week before Rodgers got hurt. So they've got some work to do at that position. It'll be interesting to see what they do once cuts are made or if they do make a trade.
0: Yeah, and, you know, this is one of those, I guess, at least for me, I don't know about the rest of Packer Nation out there, but this is an adjustment for me because I think – this really this storyline goes to show just how serious LaFleur is about the running back position because Jacob I, and if you feel differently please correct me but I feel like if Mike McCarthy was still the coach this wouldn't be a talking point because beyond Jamal no. Williams and Aaron Jones in and it's just coaching philosophies but to Mike McCarthy having Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams was good enough and then you just needed a third back but in Lafleur's offense and in his mind Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams they're good they're on the team but it's not good enough to just have two backs and then a third body he wants somebody on this roster that is going to be able to help this team and it really should excite fans in a lot of ways that you know I always felt that Mike McCarthy was very uh, famous for saying, we want to run the ball. We want to establish the run. And while that was great to hear, I felt like he never like actually kept to that. I felt like it was almost kind of like lip service. Like, this is what people want to hear, so I'm going to say it. And not to say that it was, but like when it comes out of LaFleur's mouth, with everything that we're seeing right now, like it's not lip service. It's, hey, running backs are an important part of this offense, and they're not just there to take handoffs from Aaron Rodgers. They're expected to... Block in the passing game, and even more so, they're expected to run routes in the passing game. So, I I think this might be kind of foreign to some of us because we haven't really seen it, but at the same time, you know, again, a year ago, we would not be having this conversation because running back was not as a valued position under Mike McCarthy as it is with Matt LaFleur.
1: Yeah, well, for starters, we would be talking about the running back position if Mike McCarthy was still the head coach, but it would be. continued bitching about how jamal williams is starting instead of aaron jones so uh that is my last and only dig that i will make at mike mccarthy over this time frame but that would be a conversation but yeah overall the third running back i mean if you think about it the packers really did a well hell they had three backs on the roster last year and until they traded Tom Montgomery, and they really never used them all to their fullest capacity it's really unfortunate because I would have liked to have seen how, I guess I'm what you would call a time Montgomery truther. Uh, I think that he's a useful player if used correctly. Now I don't think he's a star. I don't think he's going to be like Adrian Peterson or anything like that, but I would be interested to see if he could be like Matt LaFleur's version of James White or Deion Lewis or something like that. I do think he's a useful player and that McCarthy simply didn't use him to his fullest capacity. The same goes with Aaron Jones. That's one of, many reasons that his coaching tenure uh, ended here in Green Bay this past year. But, yeah, it is a, a definite adjustment uh, for, for the fan base to think about because, yeah, I mean, like I mentioned, it wasn't that long ago the Packers went into the season with two running backs and we were all like, okay, that's, that's all right. You know, we're not going to run the ball all that much anyways. Eddie and James Starks will be just fine.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, just something to keep an eye on as we get closer to the start of the season because I, I honestly think that – I mean, I don't think Gutekunst is going to go overboard, but I think he's going to be very aggressive in trying to pursue a trade. And it would be really interesting, as you had mentioned, right now, like if they only keep three running backs, you had mentioned the, the battle between Carson and Dexter Williams, and you mentioned that it could be a difference of opinion on, you know, short-term versus long-term need. And if they pull off the trade, does that mean that they're if they pull off a trade – are they going to keep four running backs, or are you still going to keep three and basically kick Carson and Dexter Williams to the curb? So that'll be really interesting to keep an eye on as we, uh, you know, edge closer to the season. And the other thing, Jacob, too, that I I'm actually very excited about in in a you know very um, hopeful manner, which is the feeling that I've gotten from Kunst over his tenure right now is that if we get to next Thursday and the running back position or the linebacker position hasn't been addressed via free agency or trade, don't take that to mean that they won't address it like four days later. Like I, strikes me as a general manager, that if at any point during the season, he can make a trade or pick somebody up that is going to help this team. Like it, I, I feel like, it's going to happen so don't get discouraged if we get to the Bears game and nothing's happened and you think well here's another season where we're just not going to do anything Gutekun strikes me as the kind of guy where if he can get a deal he's going to make it make it happen so well Jacob we are out of time for the day here but real quickly I want you to plug that article again uh, that you wrote about the running backs Uh, kind of give a little bit more of a tease on it and where can people find that
1: yeah, com. It's a fan-sided website. It's called Three Running Backs the Packers Could Trade For. I actually cheated. Uh, there's four running backs in there, and like I mentioned, a former Wisconsin Badger. Should they decide uh, to make that kind of move? Something else, just to add to Nick's point there, that you can remember, it's not the final 53. It's the initial 53 because it changes a lot throughout the course of the season. Hell, it may change one day later. If you guys remember, what was it, 2015? Miles White had made the roster. The next day they signed James Jones and Miles White was off the roster. So that's all stuff that can change at the drop of a hat, just like that. But you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jacob Westendorf, and there's some exciting stuff that's coming. I can't say it quite yet, but uh, you'll want to keep your eyes peeled on a couple people that you really, really know really well in the Packers blogosphere. And that's really all I can say, so I apologize for that. But, um, yeah, I'm excited to – Get going, and it's it's almost football season, and uh, the Packers are going to beat the Bears on September fifth. So there's my tease for my prediction next week.
0: Hey, there we go. All right, well, and as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Sports Schmitty And Jacob, I just a, just a quick side note here. Now that now that I'm married, you always plug about how Annie is a much better <laughs> follow, but it's not at Annie Lincoln held anymore. It's at Fish and Schmitz. I I don't know. I didn't come up with it, but. Um, I
1: laughed. It's a nice little wordplay on fish and chips.
0: Yes. It fits her personality very well. Yes. So if you like fish or like fishing, um, she actually tweets a lot about that. So it could just be, I know a lot of people in Wisconsin love fishing. So if you like that. Go give her a follow for a totally different reason other than the podcast. So, well, with that, everyone, thank you so much for listening. And also, while we're putting Twitter stuff out there, make sure if you haven't already, and I we're, we're in year two. So at this point, I would just assume if you're turning, tuning in for the first time uh, that you might fall into this category. Everybody else probably doesn't. But make sure you go to Twitter and follow the Packaday podcast on Twitter. At Pack a Day Podcast, pretty straightforward, and make sure that you are liking and subscribing to the Pack a Day Podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. So, once you get those things done, then go over and make sure to just download every episode so that you can get your Packers fixed throughout the entire season here and never miss a day of coverage. So, with that, again, thank you so much, everyone, for listening, and as always, go pack go.